0: We've been sharing on the secret place, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of tie a bow on that today. Uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to sharing about that because the secret place is so significant in our walk with God. Um, <clears throat> so Holy Spirit, I thank you for this community. I thank you for every person that's in this room. Uh, earlier, as we were praying, I'm, I'm praying and talking at the same time. So earlier as we were praying, I felt like I saw Jesus dropping little notes. Uh, to you. I feel like God uh, today is sharing that He knows you, and I feel like He's going to give you little nuggets of just intimacy where you feel known by God. And so I just just get ready that if you hear something from the Lord just as I'm speaking, I feel like He's got notes just for you with your name written on them about you because He knows who you are. So Father, I thank you. Lord, I pray that we would be a church uh, that has a strong, intimate connection with you. That, God, we're not a church that just knows about you, but we know you. We have relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pull up my notes here. <clears throat> so the secret place. I'm I'm excited to be able to share about this because it really does mean something to me um, <clears throat> And it's really important for our, our walk with God. I want to start with a, a verse here. This is in Colossians 1. And I'm going to read a few few passages here. Colossians 1 starting in verse 24. <clears throat> love love these scriptures. But Colossians 1 starting in verse 24. It says, Now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you. So this is Paul writing. And, and listen, Paul's using some powerful language here. He's saying, I rejoice in what I'm suffering. And and there's, which to me reveals that he is sacrificing for this message he's about to share. And he's saying, This message right here is significant. It's so significant that I'm willing to suffer everything, really my whole life, for this message. And he says, Now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is us, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. So here he is. I, mean, I feel like he's really building this up. Of I'm sacrificing for this. I'm presenting this word, and this is God's word in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people So this thing has been disclosed. This is like a pretty big build-up here of of what is this message that Paul is about to say. And he says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is, this is the message, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm going to read that again. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. I love that too, He's just talking about maturity. And again, what is maturity connected to? It's connected to this message, which the message is, is that Christ is actually in you and me. We could all go home really, really good news that Christ lives inside of us. This great mystery is being revealed, and this mystery is Christ is in us. And he says, to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. So I want to unpack that as we talk about the secret place today. I want you to know that God's better than you think, and he loves you more than you know. God's better than you think. He's better than we think, and he loves us more than we know. And my heart for Oak City, our community, is that our secret place would become really strong, that we would be a people individually, and that corporately, as a community, our people would have a strong, intimate place with God. What is the secret place? I was thinking about that today as I was coming to church, and the secret place, one, one definition I would give it is it's where we go meet with a good father to be fathered. It's where we go meet with this God who is a really good father, and it's a one-on-one relationship with him. It's not the corporate relationship. It's the one-on-one intimate relationship that I have with God. Some people call it a quiet time. Some people call it the secret place, but really it's just the place where I go alone to meet with God. You know, Jesus did this. For me, that's always, if Jesus did it, then I probably should do it. (laughs) And Jesus, he would, it says, actually in Luke, it says that he would often go to a lonely place and go be and pray. So Jesus would go and he would walk and be alone and go walk with God by himself. And so if if Jesus is doing this, I just know for me, then it's going to be important for me in my life to set up my life in such a way that I'm spending time with God in this secret place. There's a lot of great resources. I did want to bring a couple. I, I've never really been a big devotional guy until about two or three years ago. And then all of a sudden I started, started doing devotions and I've really loved them. This is a book that I've used, a guy named Chris Cruz. He was actually my revival group pastor at Bethel. But it's called The Practice of Being with Jesus. This is a great resource if you're looking for a devotional just to spend time with God. He does a great job. I really enjoy that. I just went through it. Another one that I've used is 40 Days to a Closer Walk with God. This is about centering prayer. I'd never really heard about centering prayer until about three years ago. It's a different... It's, it's a sp- specific way of praying, and I, I've gone through this thing probably three or four times, and if you, does anybody have thoughts that just, when you sit down, your mind is just racing, just going, it's hard for you to focus? Um, that's me. Um, so this book really helped me center myself in God, and it's a technique in prayer um, that I've taught it before here one time, but I I would encourage this as well. It really helped me center myself in God. And also, my amazing wife last week shared great structure of how to do your quiet time. And so I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that message as well. There's a lot of great resources out there. Um, But today, what I want to talk about is how our theology affects my relationship with God and it affects my secret place. I want to talk about how our theology and when I say theology if you do a quick Google search and Google's always right. So Google so Google Google says that theology is just the it's really the study of God, it's the study of the nature of God. And so for me when I say theology I'm thinking about who is God? Who is God to me? Who is God? And th- that is so significant that when I go spend time with God, probably one of the most important questions, significant questions you could ask in your life is who is God to me? Because that is going to impact how I spend time with God. It's going to impact how I see myself. It's going to impact how I see others. It's going to impact how I, how I serve God. And so knowing who God is is so significant. If God is a tyrant, thank God he's not, if God was a tyrant, think about how that would impact how you would serve him. You wouldn't want connection with him. You would probably run from him. I would say in my own life, early on, I wouldn't have described it this way, but I would have seen God as a taskmaster. I would have seen God as he's the one up there with the rules, and I've got to follow the rules, and the way that that impacted me is it wasn't a relationship-driven relationship. It was a performance-driven relationship. And so a lot of my relationship with God early in my walk was based on performance. And so I would go be with God, and really I was trying to get brownie points with him. I was trying to earn his love. I I wouldn't have said it this way, but my behavior would have been, I need to go spend time with God so that I don't get in trouble so that I'm good with God. I need to go spend time with God so that I can earn His love, so that I can earn His favor, I can earn His pleasure. And if I spend time with God long enough, and I pray hard enough, fast hard enough, go to church enough, join the right groups, do enough right, eventually God's going to see me. And I'm over there just trying to get God's attention. And if I'm doing well and I'm spending time with God, then guess what? I feel good. But if I have a bad week, then I feel bad. And it was this sort of wishy-washy type relationship with God where some weeks I felt really good and some weeks I felt really bad. And I had this taskmaster relationship with God where I really wasn't connected to Him. I was really performing for Him. And this was my relationship, so this is what the secret place looked like for me. It was all about performance and reality that seeps into everything where not only am I performing for God, but I'm also performing to, to outperform Pharaoh me and Pharaoh were friends in college and so I had to pray longer than Pharaoh I had to fast longer than Pharaoh I had to like beat Pharaoh at this Christian game where like so I can go tell pastor that I've been praying for 5 5 hours he only prayed 2 hours and I'm over here just performing looking good and feeling really good about myself because I've prayed and I've spent time with God so I've checked that box and I feel good I mean we all know that that that's really kind of foolishness you know it's not that is that is not the right relationship with God and so <clears throat> the question for you and me is is who is God to you? That question right there is so significant because it impacts everything. Look, it's you know it's often not the facts that affect our behavior or affect our emotions and our behavior. It's our view of the facts. You want me to prove that to you? So it's not the facts that that impact our emotions, and behavior. It's actually our view of the facts. You ready? Kick six. Second and 26. (laughs) Kick six, some of us, best college football day in the history of college football. Some of us, me, the worst day ever. (laughs) We were going for three in a row. Georgia better not do it. We were going, I mean, you know, we had it all, and it's, it's so obviously, you know, for, for me, I look at that, and my behavior is sad, mad, disappointed, all of that. My behavior is probably, hopefully I'm not punching a, you know, hole in the wall or something, but you can see how that your view of the facts is what actually impacts your emotions, and it impacts your behavior. So what needs to be renewed? Not God. What needs to be renewed is my view of God. What needs to be renewed is actually what needs to be renewed is my understanding of who God is. My perception of who God is. I'll read, we, we know the scripture, but it's so true. I want to read the definition of a word in here. But talks about the renewing of the mind. In the scripture in Romans 12, it says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So where does transformation happen? It happens in the renewing of my mind. And if you look up the definition of mind, it says, and I did this in Blue, Blue Letter, Bible.com, kind of gives you the Greek understanding of this. And it says, the mind compromising alike the faculties of perceiving and understanding And those of feeling, judging, and determining. So what is it, what is renewed when it's talking about the mind? It's my perception is getting renewed. My understanding of who God is is getting renewed. And so what is my understanding of who God is? What is my view of God? Because if that is incorrect, it is going to impact how I feel. It's going to impact my emotions. It's going to impact my behavior. And so understanding that God is good and that he is a good father changes everything. That's so significant. You know, there's there's three times in the Bible where we hear God, at least from my understanding, where we hear God audibly speak to Jesus. There's three times in Scripture. I'm going to hit two of them. The third one's a good one as well. You can go look it up. But there's three times in the Scripture where God <clears throat> speaks to Jesus directly. The first one is, is, the, is his baptism. And I'll just read this, Matthew 3. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, so this is where Jesus is being baptized by John. And he says, he, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and, and resting on him. And a voice from heaven. So this is, this is an interaction where we're getting to see the father speak to his son, Jesus. And this is what the father says. Jesus, at this point, as far as we know, hadn't done any ministry, hadn't prayed for anybody, hasn't healed the sick, hasn't raised the dead, hasn't, done, hasn't preached the kingdom, hasn't done any of that. And this is what the father says about his son. He says, this is my son in whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my son. In whom I'm well pleased, and then there's another time. I love this because I think this is a little picture into Jesus's secret place. Because if you go read this, this it's the Mount of Transfiguration. If you read it in Luke, Jesus says, "Hey, Peter, James, and John, I want you to come with me while I go pray." And so this was the time where the three got to go with Jesus, and we get some insight into I think what Jesus's intimate place with God looked like. And let's see what the Father says to him. It says, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud. So now he's on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's up there with Peter, James, and John. They're on a mountain. He's encountering God. And it says, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son and whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and were terrified. That didn't sound too terrifying, (laughs) but they were terrified. So think about... When I think about the secret place, like I, I personally, I love growing. One of my strengths is learning. I love just going and, and even being, in, in some ways, productive with God and feel like I'm getting something from it and I'm learning and I'm growing. And I think there's absolutely places where God is, is in, in essence, correcting us and helping us see right. Um, but if, if I'm not going to God to just be a beloved son, and receiving of the pleasure of God, and just going and receiving of the goodness of God, and my quiet time is really me going to earn his love and earn his acceptance, then I am going to miss so much of what God wants for me. And it's so significant, it is so rich for me to go and just be a beloved son and be with a really good daddy. That right there, when I'm in that space with God and I just go and receive his love and receive his pleasure, there's something powerful when you hear God say that he loves you. There's something powerful where it's not just something I know about. I remember one time I was, God, are you proud of what I'm doing? And I really, I felt like I heard God say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm actually proud of who you are. And it's so significant. I mean, I... For me, I find so much momentum with God when I go and I just receive of His love. I mean, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was in the intimate place, just secret place with God, and I'm sitting there, and this is what I, f- I feel like happens in the secret place, is you can start gaining momentum spiritually with Him, where I'm going and I'm just receiving of Him, and the Father begins to speak to His children. And I remember just a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm with Him, and all of a sudden I just feel like God starts speaking to me about legacy, And about, one, the legacy of, and I really think it relates to Oak City and our house and what God's doing in us, but all the inheritance that we've received. And I feel like there's a rich history that has been poured out on us. And God started speaking to me about that inheritance. And then also that what we're building is going to be for our children's children that we're building something that's going to be a legacy that is going to far outlast what it is that we're doing right now. And I mean, for me, he started speaking to me about the foundation that we're laying and how significant it is that we're laying a foundation of a community that's not bringing condemnation, but love. That's laying a foundation of a community that knows how to gather and encounter the presence of God and just this legacy that we're getting to build. And this is what happens, I feel like, in the secret place, is that you personally start to gain momentum with God where there's things He's speaking over you and saying over you. God is better than you think, and He loves you more than you know. He's better than you think, and He loves you more than you know. You can't exaggerate his love. You can't exaggerate his goodness. Like he loves us so so much. And there's something so powerful. What happens is I feel like for me, when his love is rubbing off on me, those rough edges, like they just start to get worked out. Those things that that do need some adjustment and renewing and changing, like that those places, God just starts speaking to those places from a place of being a father. I I want to give you two things that I think. Are, are significant for you as you go into the secret place. I said I want to talk about how our theology, it affects our secret place. And two things that, that Christ has done for us. There's two things I want to give you, and it starts with a verse that I read. Is guess what? Jesus lives inside of you. It's by faith. We believe it. As believers, we believe. What do we believe? <laughs> we believe that Jesus lives inside of us. It's not this is, you know what that means? That means that there's no separation between me and God. There's no separation. I'm not going to the secret place to get God to come. He's actually already in me. There's oftentimes when we come into this room where I'm like, God, I, I, part of what we're doing is just becoming aware of him that's already here. Like, does it, I, I don't quite know spiritually how this fully works. Sometimes I do. Is there, I, I feel like sometimes, God's here. There's an awesome story in Jacob where Jacob has this dream. He encounters God. There's a a ladder. Angels are ascending and descending on it. And he makes this statement. He says, God has been here the whole time. I just never knew it. He just makes this crazy statement like God's actually here. I just wasn't aware of it. And so I don't understand. Sometimes in the spirit, do I think God probably comes more? Probably so. But is he already here? And what brings, what, what I think starts to happen in a room and worship when we're with God in our secret place, I think all of a sudden we start to understand that God is with me, that he's here. And so this, for me, it totally changes. My, my feelings may come and go, but his presence is actually with me. Like my feelings, sometimes they line up with faith. So it's by faith, like the, the journey is, is that it's by faith when I'm entering into the secret place and, and when I'm just even a being, it's by faith that God is with me. It's not by my feelings. It's not by my performance. It's not by how long I prayed yesterday. It's not by if I read, like all those things are so good. And we do those things because, he's, because of who he is and because I have relationship with him. And so it's so important. Like this changes the whole dynamic of how I enter into the, the, the secret place because I'm not going to do jumping jacks to earn favor with, my God, with God. I'm actually going because he loves me, because he accepts me, because he knows who I am, because God is good and he's better than I think. And that's the guy that I want to have relationship with. I want to be connected with what God has actually done in me. And that totally changes the dynamic of how I enter into his presence. I'm not walking in in condemnation. Like, crud, I feel bad, I didn't pray. You know, it's like, no, I'm going in because God loves me. and that cha- Man, it changes everything. And you start to gain momentum in your heart with that. The other thing, which I, I kind of said it there, is this whole idea of love. God loves you. And I, I love that in this passage, when Jesus went into the secret place, when we see with Peter, James, and John, and the father says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, Paul, he prayed that we, that, that the church is in, in Ephesians, he's praying. What does he pray for the church? He prays that they would know the love of God. His prayer is not necessarily, which I think it's so important for us to love God. Like, yes, do we go and cry out our hearts to God and worship him? But there's, there's this important part of this relationship where I am learning how to receive his love. And Paul prays that. He says, I pray that you would know the love of God. And he actually connects that to the fullness of God, that when we know the love of God, we're actually stepping into the fullness of God or we're experiencing the fullness of God. And so <clears throat> my, my encouragement to you is when you go to the secret place to know that Christ is inside of you, that it's by faith, he's there. If I feel it, if I don't feel it, like he's there it's by faith. And I also encourage you to go and to receive of his love, of his pleasure, of his goodness. And like, yes, in that place, is there going to be things that I probably need to repent of? Yes. Is there going to be things that God is going to speak to me of like, man, I didn't actually see that well, or there's some rough edges on me that need to get worked out and some things going on that that I need to work on that God's going to speak to. But man, something powerful happens. When we're going to God as a really good daddy that loves us and is for us, and he's not against us. Come on, if you're able, can you stand with me? <clears throat> I just want to pray over you. <clears throat> Holy Spirit father I pray Lord just as you teach us in Romans for the renewing of our minds God it's it's not you that need to be renewed it's it's us that need to be renewed it's it's our understanding of who you are it's our perception and God we're not we're not trying to to make it up and come up with our own idea of who you are God we genuinely want to know who you are God we genuinely want to know this God and Father we find that represented in the life of Jesus where he is the perfect image where he is the exact imprint of the nature of God that we see this in the life of Jesus And Father, I pray in this atmosphere right now, Lord, if there's ways that we see you that aren't true, that aren't correct, Lord, I pray for a renewing in our minds. I pray, Father, that um, I just felt like sort of that light bulb goes off inside of us, that maybe there's where we have felt like we've had to earn God's love. Maybe we wouldn't say it that way. Maybe we wouldn't say that that's how I serve God. But it is just in our emotions. It's in our behavior. It's in our head. It's that self-critic that keeps condemning us. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that your truth, that your life, that who you say we are and you are, Lord, that's who we want to know. And so, Father, I pray for grace in this room right now for our minds to be renewed to see you the way that you truly are wow thank you Jesus say this say Holy Spirit is there any way that I see you that isn't true and I just want to give you a second just to listen. Oftentimes, what pops in our head, the first thought, say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what is true. The Holy Spirit this week continually reveal to me who God is. Really, that's who He is. Father, I pray that over us this week, God, that we we would understand, that we would perceive, that we would view you the way you really are. God, that's what we want to know. We want to know you. We don't want to just know about you, but God, we want to know you. God, I just bless our secret place. Lord, I pray that our secret places would be something that we look forward to. And that, God, I thank you that when we leave the secret place, you don't leave. You go with us because you're in us. And you walk with us. Yeah, I bless that in Jesus' name. Amen.